0: It's episode 121 of the Presentable Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Dean. Today on the program is longtime friend Ryan Carver. He's the former CTO of Typekit and creator of the Photo Layout app series. We're going to talk about the line between designer and developer, when it's important and when it's definitely not. Holy cow, Ryan. Thanks for being on the program. Thanks, Jeff. It's great, great to be here. Uh, you... M- I had uh, Brian Mason on the on the program I think a year ago he may be the person I know the longest you might be the second uh, for all the guests uh, we go way 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 back way back yeah it's uh, it's great to, it's great to be
1: uh, here chatting and I hope yeah we have a lot, a lot to talk about I'm sure I'm um, sure we've a do. lot of things
0: together we started uh, I think it was like 2003 2004 5, five. five. 2005 doesn't matter it's so long ago <laughs> Like almost twenty years ago, (laughs) we started. We built this thing called Measure Map. Uh, It was a very much a Web 2.0 app, Um, and uh, we never launched it. but uh, we came pretty close, uh, and uh, we got acquired by Google. It was weird. It was a weird time, like um, <laughs> back then. I guess it's weird now too. Uh, if you go look at the crypto world or things like that. But back then, we like we had an idea. We got a really cool proof of concept, and Google was like, "Just come and work for us." And so we did, uh, and that turned into us designing Google Analytics together. Uh, after that, we started the company called Typekit. Uh, and you stepped up to be the CTO. That took us to Adobe, uh, where you basically took over Typekit entirely so I could go mess around with the Creative Cloud stuff. Uh, okay. And that's a lot of water under the bridge. That was a good... Uh, oh, gosh. That yeah. was a, at least about uh, 10 or 12 work, years of working together. <laughs> um, you did some cool stuff after that at Disco too. What, what were you
1: over doing over there? Yeah, so after um, I left Adobe, and I spent a little bit of time... Kind of trying to build my own tools. That's where I started working on my own stuff. Mm. Um, got a year or so into that and just for a variety of reasons decided, you know, here's a here's a cool opportunity to go back to work, um, work for a cool company and, yeah. and um, see what I can do there. So I switched gears kind of again and went into kind of a head of product role, um, right. which was kind of where I'd been moving out of development, um, you know, through the time with, with Typekit and through Adobe, it was kind of moving out from you know coding every day to more management, leadership, mm-hmm. um, kind of product vision, that kind of stuff. So, Visco seemed like a great way to kind of step into that role fully. Um, so that was great. We we brought a lot of um, kind of product practices and user research and a lot of that, but a lot of that good stuff into their process, um, along with you know engineering um, practices, and, and just kind of built up the whole team. Got it really collaborative. Um, and Kind of set them up to. Uh, along with Brian Mason, uh, to build a a really successful subscription business. So um, kind of shifting out of pure tools and building on their community into something that was a kind of paid, paid subscription product with a long-time user base. So... That was a lot of fun,
0: and and really in the in the area that uh, you have come to known so well, which is tools for creative uh, people, creative pursuits, and you know things like that, content, yeah, uh, development, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think over the course, everything I've done has kind of unintentionally been kind of this tools for creators,
0: um, yep, kind of
1: kind of view. Um, yeah, so Visco, and then I left Visco. After a couple of years, and then I went back to work for myself, um, kind of continuing the ideas. I've been working on, on my own, um, and that's what turned into series. um, a little photo layout app for iOS right now um, with big plans behind it. But we can talk about that, I think, as part of uh, Designer Developer.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'd love to. Um, uh, and we could hear all about sort of where you, where you came up with it and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I want to ask you first both of us really have this sort of winding career path um and moving in, in kind of different across different dif- disciplines um when you were a kid what did you want to be when you grew up
1: yeah i i i think you know early enough i had all the same same dreams that every kid has you know firefighter astronaut or you know this or that but but when when you ask that what comes to mind is when i first had kind of a career ambition i'd been doing um you know i kind of grew up with a Mac in our house from, you know, the very mm. first one, 1984. And um, <laughs> that had been all you know, around all, all my life. So kind of, I grew up around, you know, using computers and do, being creative with computers. Um, and where I wanted that to lead was um, into like art uh, or like animation. And I was really fascinated by the Pixar movies. Um, so I kind of, I wanted to get into, um, yeah, kind of 3D animation and, mm. and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's where I think one of the first times I bumped up against, well, I, you know, it's not really where my skills are, was that, you know, I didn't get accepted to that school um, to do that kind of work. Um, and that kind of led me back to, I think, um, more of the pure technology side of things and, and building software instead of, uh, you know, creating characters. So that, yeah. that, that was kind of that first little jog where, um, you know, I was,
0: I was close, but not spot on to where I would be led. When I was a kid, I grew up in Los Angeles uh, and I wanted to be a weatherman because when you grow up in Los Angeles, like the weatherman has the coolest job because the weather part of it is, you know, they say like, well, you know, it's going to be 80 degrees again. And then yeah. they're like, but we have kittens in the studio. And then they, you oh, know, they awesome. do these because there's no weather to talk there's about. nothing to talk about. That's and I was so like, good. that is the coolest job. And it was always like the weatherman is at the state fair today. And like, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I don't know, in a way, you know, like pretending to be a scientist, but really a personality is not too dissimilar from what I do. Yeah. Anyway, I think you're close. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you didn't go to uh, animation school. Uh, um, right. th- did you study computer science? You did study computer science. You had a little yeah, bit of So
1: it. I did end up studying, um, uh, kind of a split degree of, uh, commercial design, which was, I went to this tiny little college and that was basically the graphic design program, mm. um, and computer science. Um, so I had this split degree. I couldn't decide then I can't decide now, but, uh, yeah. So the, the computer science part was really great. It gave me a, you know, it was pretty solid foundation on that side. The graphic design was pretty weak because, It turned out, you know, at that point in time, it was a lot of, um, you know, the software was kind of the interesting thing those days. So we're right on this cusp of, you know, moving into the software and trying to teach the software. And I knew all that stuff I'd been using every Macromedia, every Adobe product for years by that point. Right. Um, You know, what I wanted to do is you know, maybe, you know, maybe draw a font by hand or, you know, draw a typeface by hand, learn color theory, that kind of stuff. So in my particular path, that wasn't, you know, what was being taught at that time. Sure. Um, but, but I still got to merge a lot of those skills together and it was a great experience to kind of create art out of that technology side of things. I had a pretty fun, uh, senior art show. i uh, had a touchscreen Mac mini and a big plywood box with interactive uh, elements. And that's pretty cool.
0: Oh, that is cool. We were talking, uh, 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 last month, Mike Essel was on the program talking about, uh, art school, um, yeah. and, and should designers go to art school or you know, um should get it, it just be painters and sculptors, right? You know, stuff yeah. like that. But it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation c- because you were also at the same time like you're learning proper C programming, weren't you?
1: I never did C, but yeah, I mean we were learning fair Actually, enough. But- I did do C I don't remember what I did. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah learning Unix and yeah yeah we were compiling C on the you know the 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 university Unix server and that kind of stuff. And um yeah learning all the theory linked lists and hash tables and all that kind of stuff.
0: One of the things that I have found, I, I, and I have no formal training in either design or um, any sort of development, but uh, in my like, you know, desire to always understand the medium as much as I can, I've always kind of dug into the technology. Um, right. and, and and it really almost, you know, like a, like a, uh, like a sine wave um, going deep into something and learning all about it. And then like, uh, uh, yeah, I get it. I understand it. I've internalized it, but I can never produce it. Uh, and part of that was because I, I've always found that when you are in the in the act of writing code, that there there is a model that you have to hold in your head of the thing you're making. And I know because I've written code in the past and then in the future, gone back and looked at it and going like, I wrote this, like, I don't remember, you know, so holding <laughs> yeah. it in your head and it seems like then like moving into, let's go try to do some user experience or let's do some business strategy or whatever, you know, the other, the yeah. other parts, I found it really difficult to hold hold that model in my head of the think the code you're writing. Uh, and maybe it's because I'm, uh, I have more of a passion for the other pursuits, but I don't know. Have you, you go back and forth, and I wonder how that yeah how that experience is for you. I, I like how you described that because
1: I think I have that's that resonates a lot in that that kind of um, going very deep on something to understand it, and in my and in, kind of in, in my version to be able to execute on it, um, and then but it, but but I think and then um, to pull back and get that perspective from a you know user perspective or a business perspective and merge that back in and go deep. It's this, it's a very, um, it's a very strange cycle. And I think it is, it is very challenging. I definitely, um, as I've been building series over the past two, three years now, um, kind of completely solo, um, minus a couple of you know, friends who help me out yourself included, but, but, but between those, you know, those, uh, rare conversations with others, I'm, I'm mostly doing this on my own. So kind of, you know, we talk about, wearing different hats, am I wearing a designer hat or developer hat and, Mm. and, or a business hat and kind of knowing which hat you're wearing or which hat you should be wearing at any particular time is a real challenge. Um, and sometimes, you know, you get into that doubt, like, Oh, am I even, am I even wearing the hat I should be wearing? Do I even have that hat? Um, (laughs) you know, and so especially, you know, by yourself, knowing which perspective to take and how far to to take that perspective, and and when to change perspectives, um, is is a lot of um, I don't know. It's
0: it's definitely a challenge, and I, I think that. Well, actually, let me before I ask you how you've done it with the app you're developing now. Why don't you tell me a little bit of the the history up till now of that app, and and sort of yeah. you know how you kind of came across the problem you're trying to solve.
1: Yeah. So the 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 app I'm building right now is called Series. It's um you know, the simplest way to describe it is it, it's a kind of a photo layout app optimized for Instagram. So, so the, sh- you know, the kind of very focused user story is Instagram has this cool feature called carousels where you can, mm. um, you know, you can post a single photo to Instagram, but you can also post these carousels where you can kind of horizontally swipe, um, you know, up to 10 photos. And so within that space, there's some apps doing some interesting stuff. You can actually, you know, split an image so it covers more than one of those swipes so you can kind of take one image spread it so you can have like a really wide landscape image for example and if you extend that you can do like a complete layout within that space you really have you know kind of a uh, you know one by ten area that you can play with um, that you could put anything into and then you just have to chop it up into ten equal size images and you can post that and it all slices together seamlessly so it's a really interesting kind of for, uh, you know, medium to, to play with. So I started, um, so ultimately series is an app to help you kind of create those kind of layouts, um, optimized for photography. Cause I think there's a, there's a kind of certain amount, certain style of layout. That's much simpler if you focus on just photography versus kind of graphic design. So ultimately series is a tool for doing that. Um, so backing up, where, how did I get to that? Um, and why is it photography? That's because my bias is in photography. That's the thing I'm passionate about outside of kind of technology. Um, so I was thinking about photo tools for a long time and was thinking about um, kind of curation and art, you know, our, long-term archiving and, and um, uh, organizing of a, of a large photo library. And I kept whittling down from that problem, down, down, down. Like, what would you do if you had all your photos organized in one's place. And this was long before, um, I've been thinking about this a long time before kind of Adobe came out with Lightroom Cloud, or there's a lot of, you know, right. a lot of tools in this space now. But ultimately, you know, from a user perspective, like what would you do? Kind of was always this question that came back haunting me because i just wanted to build the technology to kind of organize all the all your photos um so it kind of came back to this what would you do with your photos if i had all my photos and i had maybe some you know, software to help me organize them surface good stuff like what would i do with it It always came back to kind of building um uh you know tiny little albums or even just pairings of photos like putting this kind of goes into the art side like You know, taking one photo, pairing it with another photo, so you have two photos together. You can do some really interesting kind of storytelling with that, Um, and and extending that into sequences of of images. You get into kind of sequential storytelling, and you can do really interesting things like that. Or just curating your photos. You know, taking five good photos and whittling it down to the the one or the two best. There's there's all these all these um, processes you can do when you have a small set of photos and you have kind of tools to change the order or change the size, change your relationships among those. Um, so series kind of, you know, taking all that all the way down series was this tiny little app uh, optimized for Instagram to do just do just that, to um, take a couple photos, turn it from one single image to, um, you know, maybe a story, maybe a pairing, maybe something that speaks a little bit more strongly than just that single image. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's the that's kind of where that came from. And and you know, my my story is getting back to that original vision, now building back out from that tiny little nugget of what do you do with a couple photos to how do you create bigger bodies of work.
0: Ooh, let's talk about that in a minute. Uh, But first, uh, we're going to do a little break. I you know I've had uh, this sponsor. On the show for a long time, for a couple of years now. And they, they have contis- continuously uh, supported the, the program. I'm so grateful for that. And it's really interesting to have them this week when you're here, Brian, because it's Pingdom. Uh, Pingdom. Yeah, you uh, you remember Pingdom from our TypeKit days. Um, yeah. And maybe even before, maybe we used it in the Measure Map days. I think I think it was TypeKit. Yeah. 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 Um, I've been just such a big fan of their service for so long. I have said this a couple of times in some of the other ad reads that I've done for them. But one of the things uh, that I really liked about using Pingdom when when we were building Typekit uh, was that not only could we uh, set it up for our servers to manage our uptime or to track our uptime and our response rates, but I was like, hey, wait a minute, you can put any URL in here. So I put all the URLs for all of the other font services into Pingdom. And then we had this dashboard of like who is who is keeping their servers up, you know, and uh, and who is doing better, and and could we, you know, in the spirit of competition, could we do better than that? So, um, so it's been great. Uh, I don't know. You use them? uh, Have you used them since then? You have them? I have
1: not. No, I've I've uh, after doing Typekit and you know creating a service that. You know millions of websites depended on. I've uh, I've tried to avoid that as much as possible and not be <laughs> yeah, right. not have the or exactly. not have the uptime responsibility. But I, but Pingdom having Pingdom, you know Pingdom. It's interesting that like we were building a service for people to rely on and kind of keep their websites up and uh-huh. fast and running. And then we use Pingdom to make sure that our website did just that. Yeah. And so um, Pingdom gave us a lot of uh, confidence that. That our service was doing its job, and that was invaluable.
0: Um, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, and let me let me do the business part here too, because uh, they have uh, just a great offer. Um, so if you do, Ryan, want to hook it okay. up now, you can get a great deal. Uh, look, it starts at uh, ten dollars a month. Uh, they have this thing called transaction monitoring now uh, that runs twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, alerts you. When uh little pieces of your infrastructure go down, right? If just a checkout cart or or a single form or login page fails and things like that, uh they can uh, uh, they can let you know before your customers can even find out. So um they'll notify you the uh the moment that it happens over SMS, email, all kinds of the uh the different notification apps. Uh, you can stick it into Slack, works with Ops Genie, works with PagerDuty, another uh, app that we we used quite a bit back in the Typekit days. Uh, depending on what's being monitored or the severity of the outage, you can decide who you want to be updated. You can go all the way up to you know, get the boss out of bed. So uh, don't let your users discover a problem with your website. You should be the first to know. Uh, it's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash relayfm. Uh, and you get a 30 day free trial. You don't even have to put a credit card in, just use it. Uh, then, when you're ready to buy, if you use the code presentable, you get 30% off your first invoice. So, thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and Relay FM. Good stuff. Yeah, so uh, you were telling us a little bit of the inspiration of the app that you're building now, and how you're wearing a lot of hats to to be able to do that. Um, before you tell me a little bit about the future of it, uh, I'm interested in all those hats because like you're you're doing a really I think a remarkable job of interface design of just making it intuitive and natural to use. Uh, because I think you understand, you probably came to really early understanding that this is taking you out of a social media flow, and then you have to go back in, right? So. Right. Um, so it's probably not an elaborate uh, sort of. It's a. It's a like. Oh, quickly, I want to do something, right. uh, but you also, you know, you're like got to do app store marketing, and you gotta like ma- manage the finances around all of this stuff. It's everything, right? That's What's right. That like,
1: oh, I don't know. I ignore most of it most of the time, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is one of the benefits of being uh, kind of solo independent. Is is you, you know, for better for worse, you can focus on the thing that interests you. Um, yeah, I'm a little stressed right now because it's end of year and I have to put on that business hat a little bit, but most of the time you get to kind of focus
0: on what you want. It's more than just uh, sitting down and writing code all day, I would imagine. Um, and I know you've done a couple of things, uh, and you know, in terms of marketing, which was taking user research with people who also were sort of influential in the Instagram community. Right, so so kind of figuring out as a path to getting more exposure, but also yeah. improving the app and actually making it relevant for you know prominent photographers uh, who yeah. are really trying to showcase their work. I thought that was really interesting.
1: Well, one thing I learned a lot from working with you is with the whole user research and um, you know research based approach to design and development, um, really focusing on uh, you know making our users successful, that kind of stuff. So it was. You know, it's it's something that I have no training in, other than my experience working with you and, and and that time, and but it's something that I think comes really natural when you have a product and you want people to use it, and they're excited about it, and you're excited about it. It right. just kind of happens, and it's it changes from kind of a job that I think you know a user research professional would do to something that's just really natural and part of the process. Um, so I um, I think. I think in building series, there's, there's that moment when, you know, you kind of, you kind of work on your own, you have to get it to this place where it kind of makes sense. Um, and that's really hard, but you kind of have to do it on your own because no one else can really understand it until it gets to a certain level. And that moment when it's tips over the edge and you can put it in someone else's hand and and they can say, Oh, this is cool. What if it did this? What if it did that? Right. Um, now you're in a very natural, um, kind of you're doing research, but it just feels like talking and being excited about the product. And once I was in that zone, um, things were so much fun and marketing and development and research just all merged into one activity, which was just mm. thinking about this app all the time and talking to people about it. Um, so that was, I think that was the, like the moment things were really successful and really fun. And, you know, it lasted a while. Um, and for one reason or another, I've kind of fallen out of that phase. And I'm now back to the kind of drawing board of, you know, getting it to a place where it makes any kind of sense to anyone, which is really hard, but I'm hoping, you know, we'll get back to that place where people are using it and people are giving feedback. And, um, and again, the, those kind of the, those challenges just all kind of fall, melt away and you just kind of listen and follow the path.
0: Yeah, really like finding flow, isn't it? When it exactly. all comes together like that, that's really yeah. remarkable. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you've talked uh, a little bit about the creative process and the and the process of expressing yourself through photography and things like that. Uh, is that sort of laying the foundation for where you want to go with the app?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know the, there's a there's a piece of the app that is, I think, just what I want, and that's kind of where you have to, where I find that I have to start. Is that you know this is an app that I want to build. I'm not doing this in service of you know I want it to be in service of a community of people who also appreciate it but I have to start with my own personal insights and so I think another piece of it is when I started really sitting down to to create series I had just come off of doing um my own like photo show uh, I put together a body of work and presented it in a gallery and that that was a huge kind of element of what I what I found mm. and kind of the tools I found missing um, and the process I found challenging when I was doing that all kind of folded into what became series. And, um, you know, over the course of now I'm kind of in the long haul of, you know, building this app and maintaining it, and that creative side, photography side is kind of fallen by the wayside for the moment. And so I don't have that to, um, kind of lean on at the moment. So it's, 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 where do you find those original insights? Um, you know, I need to go do a little bit more explicit research and talking to people, which again, I think is just that, which hat am I wearing? Do I have the insights I need at the moment or do I need to go be a user researcher, talk to people explicitly, um, or is this just going to happen because I'm going to shows and meetups and that kind of stuff and right. you know, realizing what do you need at this point in time, I think is ultimately the question.
0: Yeah. Shows and meetups. That'll be, that'll be great. Yeah. To get back to all be fun. of that. Yeah, yeah. One of the, one of these days. <laughs> uh, so, um, i d- I don't want to ask any of the like the really personal stuff on the business side, but uh there is this mythology of like, I'll have this idea. I'll leave this crappy job, I'll make this app and I'll live, you know, and I'll just be my own boss and all of that yeah. kind of stuff uh but i i I don't know that those days necessarily exist for the individual who can't make something of s- significant scale, right? Like yeah. you'll just maybe it'll be an outlier and get a hit, and it'll go and it'll take off. but even then. Um, it's probably way too much for an individual. So I just, you know, I wanted to yeah. poke at that that mythology a little bit.
1: I think that's right. Um, yeah, the App Store, I think those days of, you know, you launch an app and you magically, you know, get millions of users. Those are really, really rare. And I think especially um, for a smaller team or, or even individual, there's a fantastic community of of very small and indie developers. But I think the consensus is, yeah, there's, you know, it's not, it's not the, the gold rush that it was at one point. Um, that said, I think series, you know, it's, it's about kind of finding that niche, um, you know, the 1000 users or 10,000 fans or, you know, whatever theory right. you want to go for and you know balance that with the price point and number of people and find that balance. Um, but I think, you know, there, there is, I think, you know, you can do the math and for me, it, almost adds up as a, you know, a solo developer, um, you know, thousand people a month with a, you know, a couple bucks a month subscription, you know, you're, you're getting into something. And, you know, I think I need to 10 X that to really make this my life, um, and not have to balance it with other work, but, um, you know, it's, it's that path. And I think I've found enough of a, enough traction to keep kind of going. Mm, mm, Yeah, for sure. I think the, the, you know, there's a lot of, there's kind of probably two ways to do it as an indie developer. One is to kind of build a lot of little apps and hope that something sticks um, and just kind of keep doing them. You know, the, um, and it, but my, you know, I'm not very good at that. I'm much better at kind of a deep focus. Um, so I kind of made series. That's my, that's my path and I'm going to keep iterating on that particular, um, you know, set of users, which is a big investment also, the brand the set of users um, and the, the kind of mission behind it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, you chose a subscription model. Uh, rather I than uh, and I'm wondering, uh, did you get pushback on that, or has it worked out? Um, yeah, it's
1: mostly. It's I think it's mostly worked out. You get the the naysayer here or there, but after seeing it, you know, we did it with Typekit. That was a pretty early um, yeah. push to do subscription for a service based product. Um, lived through it at Adobe as you did the hard work to kind of evangelize and and create the a product worth paying monthly. So I saw the kind of pitfalls there. Um, we did it at Visco as well. So I decided to go subscription. Um, the, the main reason was that I, again, I wanted this to be my life's work. You know, I wanted this to be a long-term thing and I wanted people to be invested in it long-term. Didn't want it to be, you know, one-time purchase that you'd forget about. I wanted to, you know, and as, as a creator, I wanted to put out new features all the time. So it's something that you were kind of coming along for the ride. And then eventually we'd get into, and that's with, you know, no service value is really just a standalone app. But I, right. but my vision was to build into a kind of service level, um, platform, uh, product. So we're getting there. Um, but for the most part, I think, I think those shifts in pricing model get a lot more pushback than kind of your original decision.
0: Oh my God. I, when we were doing type and I, I was out talking to people, I, uh, it was interesting. It was probably 50, 50 split, which means, oh, we're really onto something, you know, like clearly half of the people are like, they're never, am I going to rent a font? What right. that's, that's insane. You know, uh, I have the library that I've built over the years, and you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then the other half of the people were like, do fonts cost $300 yeah. each? Like I, and you're, <laughs> I'm going to have a thousand of them for $10 a month, you know, that kind of, yeah. um, so, uh, yeah, I think we found our way in the in the last decade with subscription services. I think that's I think been all So right. I think there's a lot it's
1: it's a lot more normal now. And again, like that's just how I started. Um and have an ambitions to kind of grow into it actually, um, mm. more properly, but that's how it is. And people, you know, people love the product. It has great retention. So I think that adds to the it's worth paying for and it's worth supporting. And it, it also folds back into the brand and how I talk about it, how I represent it.
0: Oh, that's actually, uh, when you say it has great retention, um, it brought to mind all the changes that uh, Apple has made to uh, collecting user data. Uh, And I'm just wondering uh, what your experience has been. I I, I know uh, in my work with a bunch of companies in a true portfolio that a lot of them are like, Uh, you know, like the, the way that they were doing lead generation to get new customers in is now evaporated on one hand. And on the other hand, like, you know, it's very clear what data goes where now as a user. And I think that's great. Um, but I'm wondering like insight into the user experience and being able to like track stuff. Do you still get, are you still seeing what you saw before? Are you, have you had to make a shift? I haven't had to make a shift. So I took
1: a, um, this is kind of where my maybe my values um, push very far into privacy and, mm. uh, and and whatnot, and but my kind of experience, um, especially at Visco and kind of a consumer app space, pushed very far into analytics. Um, so I get, I kind of have this conflict. Um, so with my own, with series, I decided to, you know, I'm going to go all in with product analytics. No, you know, so I can know how people are using it, how, what they're using, how they're signing up, what features are valuable. Um, and there's a lot of good stuff you can do there in a, you know, very responsible way as a product developer, but I turned off everything I didn't need. So geography, IP address, language, you know, I just, I just, said, I don't want that data. So with analytics provider I have, I could just say, don't even collect that. Um, all the IDFA and all that stuff right. that, that are all under scrutiny now. Um, I just turned them all off. So I never relied on them. And I'm not a marketer, so I didn't you know, <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was missing in terms of you know, trackability and all that stuff. Um but I just said, you know that's that's what I need. I just took what I just you know collect what I needed and and was okay. So so to that end, any changes on Apple's end being more restrictive, Pretty much just align with what I was already doing. Um, I think moving forward, though, um, I'd probably go less. Like you know, the, I think more qualitative research with the community gets most of what you're doing. You know, it, you can get so much more out of that than about with um, quantitative data and, and the product. It's really interesting to see what people are doing, but mostly I stopped looking at it um, over time. So I'll probably I'll probably push even further um, into into not collecting data next time.
0: Yeah the qualitative is, uh, so much harder and takes so uh, such specialized skills. Um, it's, I've had this conversation a thousand times in the last 20 years, but, but yes, I agree. Um, all right, that's cool. Uh, so in the future, near future, what do you got, got anything, any plans around that or anything you wanted to share? Yeah. Well, I I wanted to
1: talk about one other thing, um, that I think is, is kind of right in the middle of, what we're talking about today, and right, uh-huh. what I'm struggling with. So, one of the things about how I made series was very, you know, it's very kind of iterative. So I had kind of this vague idea of where where I wanted to be in a in a kind of product space, some kind of photo layout tool. Yep. And at that time, when I started, I didn't mention I had no idea how to build an iOS app. I'd never built an iOS app. So I started learning how to build an iOS app with this idea of something to do, and and it just kind of um, you know, kind of stumbled through this process of how do I build iOS? How do I, you know, how do I make something that does what I think I want it to do? And so the result was, um, you know, this is super iterative, but what I what I realized later is that all the pieces kind of came together in balance. So I was wearing all those hats all the time, talking to people and kind of, you know, kind of molding this thing as I went, you know, with the skills I had, you know, learning more about iOS development as I needed to go. But but what resulted was this thing of kind of um, balance or harmony, each part kind of balancing the rest down to, you know, the interactions, the animations, everything it did. It was all in harmony. And what I realized later on, as I kind of got to the end of kind of that, you know, set of work and wanted to do kind of the next big version, I had this big idea, you know, I want to build this next thing. Realized that I didn't know enough to build, the next version. I didn't know enough to kind of rebuild series and keep it feeling the same. A lot of the feeling and, and sense of how the app worked was kind of this implicit bottoms up result of me just yeah. building it. Yeah. Whereas to build it again would require so much more knowledge and skill of how to manipulate the medium, an iOS app in this in this um, example that that I didn't have yet. And so I've kind of in one way or another kind of spent the last two years developing enough skills to kind of redo the app to the next level. And it's been this really interesting struggle of, um, of, of that kind of bottoms up, very iterative, very, um, uh, that process versus a very tops down. Like I know what I want this to do. I know right. how to build it and I have the skills to do it. That's been a really interesting... I think it's just another flavor of kind of this, which hat am I wearing and which process am I following to get to the result that that I think I want? Do I even know what the result is or do I have a clear vision of it?
0: That's interesting. It uh, evokes for me the process or or some of the experiences that I had many, many years ago when I wrote a book. Mm -hmm. That sort of, I'm just going to write for a long time and then I'm going to figure out what i'm trying to say yeah, you, you know what i mean yeah, come, come exactly. back to it or like you know hemingway always said you write drunk and edit sober it's that sort <laughs> exactly, of I'm just exactly. gonna like, get it all out of me and then mm-hmm. come back and and put form to it yeah. i guess a little bit that's cool yeah so this time i uh, you know i had this I, now i knew what i wanted to do but i didn't
1: know how to do it and um and so it's been this real challenge i i was uh yeah and then along along the same lines i've been doing you know, a bit of contract work and it's the same thing it's Mm -hmm. oh now someone has a spec they want me to build and the amount of kind of in this particular medium of ios which was fairly new to me you know it's it's much harder to build something that someone else wants than to just kind of make (sighs) up something along the way and, and kind of you know the result is again that harmony of what i wanted it to be and what i was able to do right and if you keep kind of ping pong between those two things it works out really well Mm, but it yeah. may not match you know kind of external expectations yeah
0: yeah that's great that's great well let's uh let's get some uh people over to this app where can uh where can they find out more yeah uh the
1: main presence for series is on instagram instagram.com uh slash series photos app um you can find out there um series photos uh Who's the website? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Here. You put a link to it. Um, web, web, web present is not a big deal for iOS apps. So right, it's there. Sure. Um, yeah. And myself, I'm at ryancarver.com. Uh, Instagram, Ryan
0: Carver Photography is more of my personal work. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's me. Great stuff. I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Go check out the, the photographs as well. Um, it's just great stuff. Uh, and I hope you can, get, you can find some more time to get back to that. That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Well, hey, thanks for being on the show. It's great to have you here. A lot of fun, Jeff. Great to chat.
0: And that's another episode of Presentable.